take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 28. I've been in a series over the last couple of weeks in the Gospel of Matthew, focusing on this last week in the life of the earthly ministry of Jesus. And then just a few passages before that to kind of put in perspective what Jesus' life was like and the, the whole point of him leading up to being the sacrifice for our sins. Today, as we look at Matthew chapter 28, we go to the tomb. And I want to ask you a question today, and I want to ask you to really stop and think, what is it that you're looking for? You know, there's a lot of times that we walk through rooms of the house, or maybe we go to the store, or, or we're at work, and we're looking for something. You know, the older I get, the more I walk into a room, and I think, now what am I looking for in here? I can't remember. But a lot of times we look for things because we either don't know where we put them or we go straight to where we believe them to be and only to find them someplace else. For example, some of you have gone on a quest to go to as many different stores as you can to find certain supplies during this time of quarantine. And of course, some of you have been after the ever-elusive toilet paper because you know some folks think they need 18,354 rolls of toilet paper, you know, to make it through the quarantine. Which, by the way, I'm still waiting to see picture after picture of all of these home craft ideas. All of you bored parents with bored kids at home. I'm waiting to see homemade crafts made out of, of, of used toilet paper rolls. You know, the, the, just a little cardboard at the end of the roll. I, I want to see all kinds, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But some of you are going to the store looking for certain supplies. You're looking for hand gel and baby wipes and toilet paper and, and certain kinds of food that will keep. But I noticed the other day, I read that there's a certain product that has flown off the shelf more over the last three or four weeks than it had been over the last five years. It's mac and cheese. People are buying macaroni and cheese, particularly the Kraft brand, more over the last three weeks than they have the last five years. In fact, Kraft, the company, has been on a downward slide for the last five years, and they are amazed at how many people are buying macaroni and cheese. And so the idea is, somebody studied the, the market and said, why are people all of a sudden buying macaroni and cheese? And the idea was really there's two things. One, because they like it. And it'll keep and it'll be in a box and all you have to do is boil the water and add the cheese and a little milk and butter and you're good to go. But another reason someone said after studying the market, they said people like familiarity. They like those familiar tastes and their comfort food. Forget the keto diet. Forget the all-protein diet. Forget the vegan and the all of this other stuff, they want to get back to a comfort food that they're comfortable with that really gets them through a difficult time. And people are going back to macaroni and cheese like you couldn't possibly believe. What does that have to do with Easter Sunday? Well, this is a day that many of us traditionally have gone back to church. Maybe we didn't go for a month or two or a year or so. But on Easter Sunday, it's kind of expected that we would go to church or at least now kind of watch a live stream. We like that sense of familiarity. 
the women in Matthew chapter 28 were going back to the tomb because that was the last place that they saw the body of Jesus. And so that was what they were looking for. They were looking for that familiarity after three and a half years of listening to Jesus and many of them following Him crowd after crowd and place after place. Now they want to see His body again. And they go for that sense of familiarity, that sense of comfort to know that this man named Jesus is exactly where he is supposed to be. Yet the Bible tells us when they get there, they find something very different. And perhaps today, as you go back to Matthew chapter 28, or maybe just come to an understanding of who Jesus is once and for all, or maybe even for the very first time, That sense of familiarity, some of those stories that you've heard in the past, or some of those messages that you've heard, some of those familiar songs, maybe today is the day that the Holy Spirit will put it all together for you and you will realize that instead of looking at a place of death to try to find life, that instead you'll look to Jesus who is alive, who can give you eternal life. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 1 through verse 10, the Bible says this, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took a hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. You know, there's two steps of faith that I hope that you'll journey with me to take today. Two evidence and uh, two sources of evidence and two sources of life and, and two sorts of, uh, sources of reality that we need to embrace today in this text of Scripture. Here's the first one. The Bible teaches us in these first couple of verses to recognize the evidence of His life. You know, when you begin to look at the evidence of the life of Jesus, I could talk all day of the scriptural evidence, the non-scriptural evidence that exists of the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. But honestly, what it all boils down to is exactly what the Bible says in these few verses to confirm what Jesus has done. In fact, the Bible teaches us in the chapter leading up to this one, in chapter 27, that Jesus was arrested, that Jesus was tried, that he was placed before the Jewish people, and they chanted and cried, crucify him, give us Barabbas instead, and crucify Jesus. Jesus was led away to that place called the skull, or that place called Golgotha. 
And there Jesus was placed between two thieves and nails in either hands and nails through His feet. And there He hung for a number of hours before His body died. You see, these women going to the tomb this early Sunday morning went there because Jesus died. They went there for evidence of the death of Jesus. You see, a lot of people look for evidence of Jesus. They want to look in the Bible. They want to look in other places. They want to uncover some things to help them to believe that Jesus really did what He said He did, that He really was who He said that He was. You know, in all honesty, there's no problem. There's no issue with looking for evidence of the life of Jesus. I mean, if Jesus really was the Son of the living God who lived on this earth 2,000 years ago, then if people are going to believe, they want some kind of proof that He really was who He said He was. The problem is sometimes the proof takes more faith to believe than the actual words of Jesus. CNN, many years ago, did a six-part series of some pieces of evidence that had been found. One of the biggest pieces that has been talked about and researched is the Shroud of Turin. In fact, someone said about the Shroud, when you prove that the Shroud is real, you're proving that Jesus actually existed. They found a box also of bones believed to be John the Baptist. They found another box of bones believed to be the bones of James, the half-brother of Jesus. They found a relic that was supposedly part of the actual cross of Jesus. This piece of wood was found in Turkey 1,300 years ago. There was some codex, some written manuscript that was found in Egypt that supposedly explained why Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver that contradict what the Bible says. People flock to these pieces of evidence and they say, you know, if I can prove that that shroud is actually that linen cloth that was wrapped around the body of Jesus, then I'll believe that Jesus actually died and and then maybe I'll believe that Jesus rose again. But friend, here's the problem. Even if all of those pieces of evidence are fake, it does not take away from the truth of the Word of God, the power in the Word of God telling us and showing us and displaying for us that Jesus Christ is alive. I'll give you several. Matthew chapter 1. Each generation from Abraham connecting God's plan of salvation all the way down to the birth of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It's a quote from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, speaking of the birth of Jesus being born of a virgin and His name being called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, is a quote from Micah chapter 5, verse 2, saying that the birth of Jesus would come from the land of Judah, a little small place, called Bethlehem. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 through 16, is a quote from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, saying that Jesus would come from the land of Galilee, which is where Nazareth is. All of those are pieces just found in this one gospel alone that connects 
hundreds and hundreds of years of history and prophecy and connecting it all to the person of Jesus. And even if you didn't believe that, Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19, Jesus tells the disciples, the Bible says, for the third time, that he would be arrested and betrayed, that he would be tried, that he would be crucified, that he would be buried, and that he would rise again. Friend, three times Jesus even prophesied exactly what was going to happen to him. There's nothing wrong with looking for evidence to see whether or not this person named Jesus lived and died and was buried and rose again. But listen to Matthew chapter 28. These women went to the tomb to find Jesus and what they found was that there was no broken body. There was no shed blood. There was no person wrapped in a cloth. Jesus walked out of that tomb, was alive then and is alive today. And the angel prophesied and told them this and spoke to them and gave them this word and just a few moments later they saw Jesus alive and well there's nothing wrong with looking for evidence but listen again to what the angel says to them in verse 5 it's he says to them do not be afraid for i know that you seek jesus who was crucified he is not here for he has risen as he said come and see the place where jesus was laid this is evidence that jesus christ is no longer there the empty tomb says all that we need to know about our faith our faith is not empty our faith is in the empty tomb because our faith is found in the one true and living god who called his son out of that tomb who was alive then and is alive today you know so many preachers have posted things on social media talking about the awkwardness of preaching to an empty room they look around their sanctuary, they're staring into a camera as I'm doing today, and they, they look around at empty pews and they say, you know, the church is empty. Well, friend, first of all, the church is never empty if it's filled with the Spirit of the living God and the Lord Jesus is there, then the sanctuary is never empty because it's always filled with His presence. But I did hear about a couple who was moving forward with their wedding plans, and, of course, they couldn't invite the hundred people that they wanted to have at their wedding. So a dear friend of theirs decided to make cardboard cutouts. One hundred cardboard cutouts of all different shapes and sizes. Tall, short, skinny, not as skinny. Uh, men, women, ponytails, you know, just... And, and spread them all over so that when they walked down the aisle and stood before... The, the pastor to do the wedding ceremony, they could look out and envision a hundred people there at the wedding. See, I don't have a hundred people or 200 or 300 people here. I just have a bunch of dummies. I, I just have a bunch of, uh, literally, I have a bunch of dummies. And, and, and in, in the sanctuary, somebody was clever enough to put all of these, uh, what, what do you call these things? Uh, puppets out, you know, for me to look at. But, of course, Aaron and Nathan and Roy and, and Daryl are here, but, you know, I don't count them as part of the dummies, but, but I'm thankful that they're here. But I, I say to all of you, and I look at this, this sanctuary is not empty. The tomb is empty. 
And we celebrate an empty tomb. Do we celebrate an empty church? Never. We don't want to celebrate an empty church, but the church is never empty because the Lord is always there. You see, we are not where we normally would be in this sanctuary sitting here and worshiping together, but Jesus is still alive. The same hope that we would have if we were singing together in the same room, in the same building, and listening to the same preacher and saying amen in the same spots, even though we're not able to do that today, we are still connected to the life of Jesus. That evidence that says Jesus is alive. We can all go to the empty tomb. And we can all look to see that there are no bones there. There are no cloths there. There is no person there. There is only life because life walked out of that tomb. Death went in and life came out. The Bible tells us to see the evidence and to understand that evidence of the life of Jesus. Here's the second thing the Bible tells us today. It also tells us to receive the experience of His life. Yes, we need to recognize the evidence of the life of Jesus and, and wrap our brains around and certainly our arms around the loving Christ who died in our place and for our sins, who rose on the third day. And the Bible also says that once we do that, once we embrace and recognize that evidence of the life of Jesus, then and only then can we experience the actual life of Christ. Listen to what Jesus tells them. As they depart, it says in verse 8, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell His disciples, and behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. These ladies left the empty tomb with an oxymoron. If you don't know what an oxymoron is, you've probably used them many times. It's two words that don't belong, seem to belong together like jumbo shrimp, plastic glasses, um, the Great Depression. You know, those words don't seem to go together. A random order, or one of my favorites is my least favorite. Those two words just don't seem to go together. They seem to say opposite things, like saying an empty tomb. You go to the tomb expecting it to be filled with death, and you find it empty and realize there's life there. But these two ladies left with an oxymoron. It says they left with fear and joy. There was some sense of fear that they didn't expect to feel. But they also didn't expect to feel that joy that was all of a sudden running through their veins and through their minds and their hearts, understanding for the first time that this man who died on the tree is now alive fearful of what the reaction was going to be, afraid of, of what people would think if they actually said this out loud, uh, afraid of what does this mean now that he's not here? Is this going to happen again? Are they going to take him away a second time, a third, a fourth, and he's just going to keep coming back to life? What's going to happen? But also joy, knowing that this crucified Savior has just become the risen Lord. This crucified man who hung on a tree, whose name is Jesus from an out-of-the-way town called Nazareth and a place called Galilee, he is now alive. And because of that, 
everything that Jesus said. That faith that they had, believing in what He said, now they can embrace it fully because this man is alive. The Son of the living God. And so that fear mixed with joy. And I want to encourage you this morning, if maybe those, those two emotions are running through your body today, maybe for the very first time, there is a fear of saying, but if I really embrace Jesus, what's going to happen to me? If I really believe that Jesus is who He said He was, and if I really embrace the fact that I'm a sinner, and my sin keeps me from having a genuine relationship with God, and if I turn away from my sin and trust in Jesus and, and realize that He died on the cross for my sins, that He was buried, and that He rose from the dead to give me life and to give me life for eternity... What's going to happen to me? Friend, I can tell you that that fear of what's going to happen to you needs to be mixed with joy because though there is a death that you need to experience, a death of yourself, a death of your sin, a death of your selfishness, that death will only bring life in Jesus. And that fear of what's going to happen with me needs to be mixed with joy knowing that I'm going to receive the ultimate promise from God that I will have eternal life. If that mixture of those two emotions is running through your mind and running through your heart today, then run straight to Jesus and embrace Him because there you will find hope and life. And Jesus embraced the, allowed these ladies to come. They fell down and grabbed His feet and they began to worship Him. And rightly so, that should be exactly what we do today. Even if you have a relationship with God through Christ and you have journeyed far to be part of the family of God and perhaps for decades you have been a faithful follower of Jesus today, fresh and new, fall on your face and embrace the very feet of Jesus and thank Him for dying in your place and for being raised to life. Because in that life we have the hope of eternal life. Let that fear and joy run through you all over again. Experience fresh and new what it means to place your confidence and place your trust in Jesus and allow those emotions to run through you. Jesus said greetings. They worshipped Him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This was not a hallucination. This was not some passing fad. This was not just some ghost-like figure that the women saw. No, this was the same Jesus that they saw, that they heard, that they experienced, that they followed for all of these years. And the same Jesus was going to meet His disciples who He now calls brothers. He's going to meet them in Galilee. Are you up for the journey to trust in Jesus and really experience the life that He wants to give you today? Are you ready for Jesus to come and meet you where you are just like Jesus met these brothers of His, these disciples of His in Galilee so that they could experience His life? Are you ready for that same journey? Well, it sort of depends on the evidence that you trust in and 
the life of Jesus of whether or not you believe that he really was who he said he was. In fact, there was a lady in New Mexico. They had a little dog named Brownie. And a couple of years ago, this lady got into her car and was backing out of her driveway, and she ran over her little dog named Brownie. Her three-year-old son just lost it. He was so upset. They took Brownie and they wrapped him up and they dug a hole in the backyard and they buried little Brownie. A day went by and the mom was just not convinced that, that Brownie was dead and neither was the three-year-old little boy. They just knew that Brownie was, was going to pull out of this. So they went back to that hole. They dug Brownie up and they brought him and they put him on the back porch and, and just trusted that if Brownie was going to live that he would, he would make it. The mom and the three-year-old son went to the store and they came back and on the front porch they see little Brownie hobbling, walking, barely breathing and they just caked with mud. They immediately take him straight to the veterinarian. Brownie had lost an eye. He had a broken shoulder and he, his, his body was just worn out but he made a full recovery. By the way, they changed Brownie's name from Brownie now they call him Lazarus because he came back from the dead. You see, this man named Jesus might have gone into the tomb and you might have called him something else. But when Jesus walked out of the tomb, now it's time to call him by a new name. You see, you might have thought that if Jesus even lived, that he was pathetic, that he was a loser, that he was a liar. That he was some kind of a martyr. He was just some great teacher. Maybe you even called Jesus a myth and you were eager to just bury him in your own mind. Bury him throughout history. Bury him in some book of fiction and say, you know what? This person named Jesus doesn't do anything for me. But friend, the fact that Jesus walked out of the tomb, the only name that he now needs to go by to you is Lord. You need to bow your knee to the Lordship of Jesus because though He was dead and buried, Jesus Christ is alive. And I want to encourage you to trust in Jesus. I want to encourage you today, if you've never made Jesus the Savior and the Lord of your life, if you've never come to that moment where you realize that you're a sinner, that you need Him, no matter what you might have called Jesus in the past, no matter what you might have thought about Jesus in the past, today is a new day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to call upon the name of the Lord and to be saved. Maybe that day for you is today. Make a comment on this live feed in this, in this video. Reach out to our church and say, would somebody contact me? Would somebody pray with me? Would somebody communicate a little bit more about what it means to trust in Jesus? Don't let this day pass without reaching out to us or reaching out to someone who can walk you through these steps in coming to know Jesus personally. But if you have taken that journey and you do know Jesus personally, I want to encourage you to be unashamed to tell people that you call Jesus Lord. That you trust in Jesus as your Savior and you confess Him with your mouth as the Lord of your life and you are unashamed to say that I might have called Jesus something completely different at one time, but now He is the Lord of my life. 
I want to lead us in a word of prayer as we continue to worship this morning. And pray that God speaks to your heart in a powerful way because of the evidence and the experience of the life of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for this opportunity to gather around your word and to pray and to sing praises to you. Father, we are simply a sinner that is saved by your grace. We are nothing more than someone who needs Jesus more than anything else. And I pray, God, if there is just one person listening to this that needs to know Jesus and needs to have that eternal life, God, that today would be the day that they would come to know Him and be born again. God, thank You for this opportunity to worship You. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Randy Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me for What's the Word? That show airs every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock on 101.9 WAIN, right here in the heart of Adair County in Columbia, Kentucky. Or you can catch the replay of What's the Word on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. And you can find that in several different places. You can find it at anchor.fm backslash walkthisway on the internet, or you can find it on different apps and, and places that carry podcasts like iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and all sorts of uh, places you can find this broadcast, you can find messages that I've preached, and I just want to encourage you to make it a point to tune in, subscribe, and listen to all sorts of content that's on my podcast, which is called, again, Walk This Way. Thank you so much for joining me.